Kirana, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific or Koroi Hawkins Tokuingwa. Coming up, the Fiji government is being criticised for continuing to withhold funding support to a regional university. So we've put all our effort into making sure that our students are not short-termed in any way. Pacifica health providers are being urged to unite in the fight against non-communicable diseases. It is definitely not just the responsibility of Pacific people. It is everybody's responsibility. And... And all the proceeds are supposed to go to Ukraine. That means we will all work for free and we'll get sponsors. Cook Islanders are doing their bit to support victims of the Ukraine invasion, but have some taken things a step too far? The regionally owned University of the South Pacific has had a turbulent past few years after conflict between the governing council and the executive management over issues concerning the administrative and financial functioning of the institution. The situation blew up in February last year when the Fijian government expelled its whistleblower vice-chancellor and president, Pal Alualia. But Fiji didn't stop at the Australian academic's deportation. When the University Council maintained its support for Palalualia, the government cut its funding to the regional university, saying it would not be reinstated until an independent investigation into the institution was conducted. But this week, the university's student body raised their concerns about Fiji's decision, calling for the government to stop withholding its share of the finance, which is impacting their quality of learning and teaching. Professor Pal Alualia says he can understand the insecurity of the students, but he says the USP is there to serve the Pacific and it will continue to provide the best education it can. He spoke to RNZ Pacific Regional Correspondent Kelvin Anthony about how the university is prioritising the needs of its students under the current circumstances. What we have done is, while we are not spending the the money we would have on infrastructure and on on the estate, we're absolutely plowing all our money into our students and into our education provision. So for us, our new strategic plan is all about being student-centric. So we've put all our effort into into making sure that our students are not shortchanged in any way. So while I can understand the students' insecurity, and, and of course, you know, if I was a student, I'd be worried that, you know, their government is, is not paying the grant. I want to assure the students that we are doing everything in our power to make sure that the quality of their education is not affected. We are trying our best under the circumstances that we are in to deal with, with this situation as, as effectively as we can. And I mean, I think myself, the entire senior team and, and all our unions and our staff and our students have all been committed to, to work under, under, under the situation we are. We're really doing what we're doing because of the second sacrifices that so many people are making. And I don't think that that's that's a long-term sustainable outcome, but I have to say that people are sacrificing and that we do hope that uh, the council and the Fiji government can reach some sort of amicable uh, solution to this problem. The Fijian government has made its stand and saying that they will not release the funds until there's an independent investigation. So where is the conversation now in terms of, uh, where is the council at? So, so Kelvin, I'm, this has been delegated by the council to a council subcommittee, and that council subcommittee is dealing with this issue. And so I'm not you know, privy to, uh, to know exactly what, what the deliberations are. We will await to hear from that council subcommittee of, of 
of how those negotiations are going. Uh, I completely respect the uh, the council, and I respect that uh, whatever the council will do will be the best outcome for the university. Now, in terms of the infrastructure, you know, there have been some, some infrastructure projects that have that cannot proceed because of these funds being withheld. Are you concerned that this will in any way hinder the progress of the university? Look, in the short term, I don't think there is any danger of that. I think that you know we have we're committed to doing whatever we can to provide the best quality education. We are the premier. In- institution in the region and i think we will continue to be that because we are absolutely focused on the education of our students now when we say that of course we've had to defer maintenance but really it's a it's a problem kelvin that i inherited when i in 2019 we presented to the council a paper dr paunga presented a, a paper my deputy vice chancellor which showed that we were 36 million dollars short in, in deferred maintenance i think myself and our team has worked relentlessly to try and and uh, release some money every year to try and catch of course if we had the funding that had been had been allocated to usp under the university grants committee agreement we would have been able to progress on some of that uh, at a at a pace much quicker than we are now that this doesn't mean that we've resigned from not uh, dealing with issues and of course this is why you know we have a senior management team and this is why the senior management team continuously prioritizes what is important and what is urgent for the university but we're not letting this affect the quality of our students education. The one final comment I would like to make I want to assure every student a uh, prospective student in Fiji and every student in the region USP is here we're going to do our best i want to assure you that you come to USP you're coming to a globally ranked university and you will get the best quality education that anybody can provide in the pacific we're here to serve the pacific and we'll continue to do that A leading diabetes expert in New Zealand is calling on Pacific health providers taking on non-communicable diseases in the community to work together in tackling the crisis. There are around 40,000 morbidly obese or high BMI adults in counties Manukau DHB. Pacific communities make up around half of that figure. RNZ Pacific's Lydia Lewis reports. The recent passing of rugby great Vainga Tuinga Mala has not only left hearts aching but a question mark looming over the health initiative he set up to change the lives of the people who like himself are represented in that statistic. It is definitely not just the responsibility of Pacific people. It is everybody's responsibility. Otago University professor Sir Jermaine who was this year knighted for services to health says we can do something about it. Government has got to do its bit to ensure that there's a food environment that is conducive to healthy choices. It is the media's responsibility to uh, put good messages across and of course it is individual responsibility too, but it's not just the responsibility of individuals. Former All Black and Rugby League great Vainga Tuingamala won his battle with type 2 diabetes, pushing it into remission in December last year before dying unexpectedly last week. His friend and long-time colleague Toa Vainga watched Inga battle with a number of non-communicable diseases including obesity and type 2 diabetes. We were looking forward to uh Uh, work together with him is very sad being as is amazing it's not enough words to explain how our community and even the pacific around the world to uh, explain how sad and um <clears throat> this a role model a guy a father you know a brother to us 
When Inga and To'o hung up their rugby boots, they eventually found themselves working with and giving back to the Pacific community they loved so much. One of the places they worked was Alliance Health Plus. Its CEO, Wayne Williams, says he watched Inga's journey to better health. But in the beginning, the issues were severe. Inga suffered through a diabetic coma. He was in hospital for three days. It was a shock factor for Inga around realising that he was close to death and he'd let himself go and all those causal effects leading to his conditions. There's only one way to go from that point around June last year, which was to improve or the other option was not worth considering. The plan was to formulate a program following Inga's success called Odyssey to slash type 2 diabetes rates and change the lives of the 40,000 people counted as obesity statistics in County's Monaco DHB. Auckland University Population Nutrition and Global Health Professor Boyd Swinburne says programs like this are vital. They need to be centred within the culture, they need to be built by people who are experiencing the problems themselves. It's such a shame that Inga's program didn't get up and running because programs like this are really needed. While there are many initiatives across the country providing grassroots services in the community, including the Fono in Auckland and Swipix in Waikato, Sir Jim Mann says it is time they all come together, share ideas and tackle diabetes head on. I don't want energy to be wasted when people can learn from each other. I would be very happy to try and facilitate. It should clearly be Pacific-led. It should not be led by me. It's the kind of thing I desperately want to do to ensure that people make the best possible use of their time and expertise. County's Manuko DHB has the highest rates of high BMI in adults, followed by Waikato. Sir Jim Mann says the focus should be on diabetes, not obesity, and the fight on programmes like Inger's Hands is how to achieve remission in diabetes in the long term. I mean, I've been working in this area for about 45 years, and we warned the New Zealand government, we warned the Health Research Council from a committee that I was on certainly over 30 years ago, when the problem wasn't anything like it is now, we predicted what was going to happen if nothing was done, and of course nothing was done. Health Alliance Plus hopes the legacy of Vainga Tuinga Mala will not be forgotten but live on through Pacifica who make the decision to change their lives through exercise and, most importantly, healthy eating. Cook Islanders are rallying together to fundraise and support Ukraine amid the Russian invasion. Many business owners who also happen to be European expats living in the Cook Islands have felt compelled to help. Now at least a dozen people in Rarotonga are in the process of organising events to raise money for refugees displaced by the war. RNZ Pacific's Alicia Foon has the story. In Rarotonga, OTB bar and restaurant owner Philip Nord is planning a 100-person fundraising dinner called the Cook Islands MasterChef Fundraiser. The goal is to raise $10,000. At the moment we are looking at doing one event which has the potential of making $10,000. Yeah? And all the proceeds are supposed to go to Ukraine. That means we will all work for free and we'll get sponsors. And there's other fundraisers going on in other areas. This one could be the biggest one. We just thought we'd do a, a dinner, um, a fundraiser dinner, with including wines and food and degustation, Pacific style. 
There's also a prayer evening this Sunday night at the National Auditorium, organised by Jakob Postigat. He says it will be extended to other churches to create a prayer chain so they don't exceed the 100 people limit due to the COVID outbreak. We as a Polish and Ukrainian and Russian experts in the Cook Islands felt quite helpless. But at the same time, there were a lot of voices from the community, from the youth of the Cook Islands, with exactly the same questions. How can we help? How, how can we show our solidarity with um, the people of Ukraine? So the request was made if we could put together an event where people of uh, different churches could gather and show their support through prayer. And this was very much in line with what uh, people of Ukraine were asking for. He says the people of Ukraine are also asking for aid relief, so he has set up a Facebook group called Help Ukraine Cook Islands. Already thousands of dollars have been donated to an account he set up on behalf of the Cook Island community. Jakob says next week the money will be sent directly to Polish Humanitarian Action, an organisation supporting half a million Ukrainian refugees. He says for him, this war hits close to home. Our hometown is roughly 70 kilometers from the Ukrainian border in Poland. Our town, along with pretty much all the cities on the eastern side of Poland and further, further out from the borders, is filling up with women, children and those unable to fight. My parents themselves, they, they got um, several people already in, in their own home. But some people on the island have gone to more extreme lengths to show their solidarity. The owner of the Raratongan Beach Resort in Lagunarium, which welcomes a few hundred Russian guests a year, has banned all Russian citizens from staying there. The move's been criticised as discriminatory, but owner Tata Krokum says he stands by his decision. We did issue a ban on uh, Russian citizens staying at our hotels. That brought some commentary from Russians saying, hey, we don't support Putin, which is a fair enough comment, which I think my response is, you need to get on and uh, find a way to remove this tyrant threatening the world with nuclear war. Mr Crocombe says his exclusion policy won't last forever, though, and it will soon be downgraded, so it only applies to Russians who support Putin's war. Jakob says he's proud of the way Cook Islanders and European expats are banding together. We realise that what we're doing from the Cook Islands is only but a small drop in the ocean of aid, and possibly it's not going to make a huge difference. But as I mentioned before, there is, there is a very strong will on the people of Cook Islands to make sure that um, they are part of that effort and every little bit counts and hopefully um, whatever we do here um, is going to make a difference to some families on the other side. That brings us to the end of Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Ka kite ano.